Hey, welcome to the Hell Has an Exit podcast. I'm your host, Brian Alzate. This show is not affiliated with any specific 12-step program. If you or a loved one is struggling with an addiction, please find a local 12-step meeting. If you believe you may need detox or drug treatment of any kind, please call 888-699-9395 to speak to a specialist. The show is sponsored by United Recovery Project, a state-of-the-art drug and alcohol rehab facility. You can visit our website at unitedrecoveryproject.com. This is uh, the Hell Has an Exit podcast where we interview individuals who have been to hell and back. Yes. Got my boy Mario here. Yes. No Mario for hell is <laughs> empty and the devils are here. I love that's the t-shirt. Right, that's right. And, uh, you know, one of my close friends, my brother, one of my real hardcore Spanish yes. friends. <laughs> Guatemala yes. represent. Nah, but, uh, <laughs> all right, so let's get into it. Um, I guess just tell us a little 20 minute, 30 minute, how it all began. Wow, you know what I mean? Uh, so first and foremost, I just want to say that I'm extremely grateful where I'm at right now in life. You know, um, extremely grateful for this journey. You know, it's wild. Hindsight's twenty twenty. You know what I mean? But um, you know, being able to look, reflect and look back on everything that's ever happened in, throughout my whole entire life, you know, it, it brings me to a real, real um, deep appreciation and love for like this particular journey of like staying positive um in recovery um you know focusing on spiritual growth you know what i mean and just really like understanding and learning a lot about myself so um extremely grateful man i i love that we were just talking about the mike tyson situation man you know what i mean and it's like you know it's wild man because like you know there's been different stages in my life you know um as i'm growing as a man you know i'm 44 years old right now um and all these different stages that i've been you know you know in, in my earlier years super arrogant um you know hard-headed stubborn you know in my 30s uh i was forced a, a ton of humble pie you know mm -hmm. um and in my 40s you know what i mean like um you know I, i've been able to like genuinely enjoyed the fruits of you know of like some of this work that i put in um internally you know um you know because you know like we were talking about mike tyson you know with, with with all that money that he made and lost uh you know you wonder why uh when you're ignorant towards understanding what how money works you know uh, ignorant towards understanding how the world works in certain perspectives or how you know, if you've never come from anything and then you have it all, um, it's very easy to lose focus on your morals and, and your moral grid or just your, your compass or whatever. Um, so, you know, it's interesting you was talking about it. And that's been a lot of my experience, you know, um, you know, just to tap into it a little bit for the audience so they could understand a little bit about myself. Um, you know, obviously the accent is from New York. Uh, you know, I, I was born in Guatemala, but I was, um, you know, brought over fairly quickly, you know, um, six months old, uh, you know, grew up in Queens, far Rockaway, um, at the, you know, in, in the earlier years, extremely fanatical, religious family, um, you know, immigrant family, uh, living in New York, living in, you know, impoverished, uh, situations, uh, you know, just trying to make ends meet and just everything was extremely drastic. You know, when, when, when you would step out into like the neighborhood, everything was an extreme, you know, um, you know, people get mugged, you know, you hear gunshots, you would hear all that stuff, you know, and then in my household, everything was extreme too, 
you know, uh, yo, why is this happening to us? So if, if a situation, you know, uh, arised, you know, it was because, you know, <laughs> you know, it, it was because we weren't doing something right in God's eyes. You know what I'm saying? That kind of mentality. Um, so there was a, it was an extreme on that end. Uh, coming up, I had uh, a very difficult time identifying and, and, and kind of connecting and relating with people. You know what I mean? Um, I later find out in my older years, as well as you know, when did you start leaving like that fanatical religion mentally in your head, like as a child? Yo, as far as like leaving it or like or when did you stop it? buying into it? Yeah, when did you start rejecting it? You well, you know, it's interesting because now you know when I look back with a wise mind, I'm able to observe and describe. You know what I mean? The exact natures of a lot of things. Um, I don't think I've ever stopped believing into it until probably like five years ago. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, and then that was when that um, Living Clean book came mm -hmm. out, the second edition. Right. Um, and I started talking about, you know, you can have your own spirituality, blah, blah, blah. You know, that's when I stopped wow. believing it. I rejected it. You know what I mean? Uh, since so you I, always, and I'm not saying like not believe in God, but I'm saying uh, like the fanatical aspect, like the way your family brought it up. Oh, yeah. Like I said, like five years ago, because like a lot of that, a lot of that uh, shame, that mentality carries on you know just you know individuals you know exploring life or making mistakes or you know what i mean you know what we do in active addiction you know and even in non-active yeah, addiction yeah. you know what i'm saying like i've seen some of the most degenerate stuff happen you know what i mean with people you know carrying the clean torch including myself you know what i mean i'm not abstained from you know any um your purest type of uh you know title mm -hmm. um but like i said uh I, the, the mentality the guilt you know the uh the i always felt that you know what i mean it, it was because it was just it was bred inside me you know what i mean and and that that was a big part of my struggle you know to be honest and with it you. was a lot of that like punishment yeah like God's one, th yeah, one thousand percent man everything from like sex to like even i can remember at a very young age like not um, feeling guilty or bad because of certain cartoons, mm -hmm. you know, I, I would want to watch or I'd watch at a friend's house, you know, like the Smurfs, you Whoa. know, just crazy the shit. I'm telling you, man, you yep. know what I mean? <laughs> Yo, that's a throwback right there. So your mom was saying like... Uh, yeah, they would just say, uh, you know, they were demons, devils, you know, they pollute your mind, uh, you know, and there's just a lot of criticism. There was never, there was never really in the household any embracement of like, uh individual self mm -hmm. you know identification um they never embraced those things so i think like a big part of me going through that experience um it caused me to um close up and act out in other ways um you know i remember my first experience of acting out as a child like stealing you know from my mom you know she would give me money to go put in the piggy bank or whatever and i remember um stealing and i remember like yo i i hit this slick Yo, uh, I'm going to go down to uh, Mata Avenue and go to Rite Aid or whatever and pick up those G.I. Joes I remember seeing last week when I saw. And um, looking back and understanding, my, you know, my process as an addict, you know, those are some of my earlier memories of, like, me feeling like I copped, you know, and then the obsessive compulsiveness. Because when I did get caught, you know what I mean, for doing that, I had mad G.I. Joe's. <laughs> you know, I had so many G.I. Joe's. It had progressed already. Yeah, you know what I mean? And I had the disease had progressed to, to a point where, um, you know, it, it was like you couldn't stop. You know, it was already in the mix and you just had to keep feeding them G.I. Joe's, you know what I mean? You had to keep getting them. So, um, you know, and that was like one of the first earliest memories that I could identify that that was an issue. And I remember getting caught and getting disciplined. Um, I used to get disciplined very hard. 
you know, um, that also created, you know, resentments. And, you know, you look back now, that shit's abuse. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's abuse. If I did that now to somebody, you know, I, I'd be on World Star. You know what I mean? It, my career would be over, you know. Um, but the reality is, is that, you know, that's what it was back then, you know. Um, so, you know, as a child, you can't beat in the, you can't beat in the name of Jesus, you know what I'm saying? Like, yo, you're like, you know, fuck Jesus. You know what I'm saying? Like, yo. Um, and so like those resentments at an earlier age started happening. And I think like really when um the tipping point for me was in this whole process, you know what I mean? Because I, you know, I like I said, I was having issues with identifying. You know, I was from Guatemala, living in Queens, Far Rockaway. Majority of the neighborhood was African American or Dominicans, you know what I mean? And like, you know, my best friend was from El Salvador, but it for the most part Puerto Ricans and stuff like that. There wasn't really like, you know, like a cultural identity, you know, per se. Um, I know people like the group Latinos into the same, you know what I mean, into the same um, bucket, but it's not it's real. Not, it's yeah. not real, it's people. Not, it's not real. If y'all looking, looking for all Latinos to, to vote for a particular candidate, you're confused. Mm -hmm. You know, they got a crazy, you know, uh, sub groups within there you know bro, there mean? are people from north columbia yeah, that hate people from everything, south columbia everything, yeah, everything bro it's crazy so, it's crazy so it does you know what i mean and the foods are extreme from you know region to region you know what i mean like central americans and mexicans are not eating what panamanians are eating or colombians are eating you know what i mean vice versa you know what i mean or puerto ricans or whatever so anyways you know, going through all that, having two mentally disabled sisters, I think my earliest, earliest memories of, like, seeing other addicts was, um, you know, seeing my uh, stepbrothers die, you know, from ODs or heroin use and stuff like that. Um, but um, what really, like, just really angered me and it just put me in a really, like, traumatic state that um, has been something that I've had to work on since um, was when I was around, you know, eight or nine years old, uh, you know, and I had an uncle who attempted to molest me, you know, and I talk about this all the time because, you know, I know that that's a lot of people's stories, mm -hmm. uh, you know, and that's something that I've had to deal with through trauma. You know, I went through all the phases of it, you know, anger, shame, you know what I mean, embarrassed. Uh, you know what I mean? Um, feeling not good enough or, you know, just ve being very aggressive, you know, because of that mm -hmm. particular moment that I didn't feel safe in my journey. Um, you know, and, and, and I remember when it happened, uh, you know, and it was extremely traumatic for me as far as like uh, feeling safe and just felt like nobody was going to take care of me unless I took care of myself. You know, and I and I'm not. And your dad wasn't around. Yeah, you know, and I, you know, and I never, you know, I never met my real father. You know, that's another story. You know, part of the story too. Um, you know, I've come to terms with that recently a lot. So that's why I kind of like glazed over that part. To be honest with you, it used to be very, very traumatic for me as well. You know, the uh, the abandonment issues. Um, you know, and that that particular part plays a big place in my um romantic relationships extremely you know the way that i was on um, parented you know what i mean the lack of a parent the way my mom parented me um really created a, a confused idea of what you know intimacy was mm -hmm. um but you know going back to that particular issue you know at that time i still didn't know that um my stepfather wasn't my father too wow yeah so at that time i still didn't know um so that situation happened um, I was angry and then um, I wanted to get away from these people. And then um, 
um, my aunt, you know, discovered, told me that, you know, hey, your your real father uh, is not your stepfather or whatever. Um, and it, it kind of just opened up this wound that I didn't even know I had. It um, allowed me, you know, it made me curious. I thought, hey, this guy's going to save me. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, uh, what is it? How old were you? Oh, at that point, I was like 11, 11. So I had was going through those trauma issues. And then around 11 and 12, you know, um, we were moving from New York to Central Florida. And, you know, I had been like constantly asking, you know, hey, I want to meet my real father. I want to meet my real father. They had finally, you know, uh, discovered this number, said that they were going to let me speak to him. Um, we ended up going to Central America. And I remember getting excited about to make this phone call. I made this phone call. Um, and in that phone call, some lady picked up and I was like, hey, looking for Mario. Has the same name as I do. She's like, he's not here. He's got to catch a flight tomorrow. Uh, but if you call back later, you'll catch him. And I was like, all right, tell him uh, I'll call back. And then I, I waited all day. And in the evening, I got on the phone and um, got up, made the phone call. And uh, uh, when I made the phone call, the lady picked up the phone again. And when she picked up the phone, uh, I was like, hey, you know, is Mario home now? And she was like, uh, yeah, yeah. And then she was like, oh, who is this? And I was like, yo, this is uh, his son, Mario. So then um, she muffled the phone, and, and in the background, I could still hear him say, oh, who is it? In Spanish, right? Guinness. And then she was like, oh, es un muchacho que dice que es tu hijo. You know what I mean? Like, oh, some kid saying it's your son. And I remember him say, uh, dile que no estoy. Uh, tell him I'm not here. You know, and um, at that point, you know, he was like, in my brain, in my mentality, I know a lot of addicts got identified to this triangle of self-obsession. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? This lack of self-acceptance, you know what I mean? And all these other things that I was, you know, encountering as a young man at that period in time. Um, I didn't have the skills. I didn't have the uh, the support, you know, with my family to help me cope with that situation. And it just felt extremely rejected and abandoned, you know, at that moment and dropped the phone. I remember just going out to like this uh, a soccer field with some cats were just, you know, playing some older kids that I knew that were drinking. And I remember having my first drink. And that was like the first time that I had my encounter with like, you know, a minor mood altering substance. And, um, you know, when I remember when I drank that alcohol, that alcohol was... um. It's crazy because it, it it was euphoric, mm -hmm. you know. It was like it was like when you press the light switch, right? Boom, it's working, you know. Drink some alcohol, boom, it doesn't feel it anymore. Um, but you know, just like the light switch, you know what I'm saying? When you turn it, when it goes off, you know what I mean? It's dark, you know. And then you're just scrambling to try to look how to turn the light on again, boom, right? Mm -hmm. So then you get this false light because you never go outside, you know what I'm saying? And you don't live no more because you it's just synthetic. It's synthetic, you know. And um, and you know, and that was like that was like the beginning, you know what I mean, of the fury of like feeling abandoned, feeling rejected, uh, angry. You know, all these um secondary emotions, you know what I mean? Because at the core of it. How long did it take you to learn that? Bro. <laughs> yo, yo. Because like. Yo, I don't recommend my journey to nobody. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I, the only, yo, when I say that, I don't mean it like don't, don't see the progress and stuff. What I mean it is that, you know what I mean? Like everybody's journey is unique. Just look for the spiritual principles within those individuals you know what i mean yo if they, they there's a couple ways to get to that destination mm -hmm. you know what i mean but at the end of the day it's are they 
like the roadmap is always gonna be the spiritual principles in my oh, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah, but it took me a minute, man. It was. But um, I was particularly talking about like anger being a secondary emotion, oh, you know, because yo, bro, I, I see people twenty thousand in therapy, <laughs> twenty thousand, my man's. <laughs> yo, when I hit the twenty thousand mark, I was like, yo, are you gonna teach me something? And he was like, yeah, man, you know you, that that shit you just exhibited secondary emotion. <laughs> people don't know about that, bro. Yeah. It's crazy because. Yeah. You know, being clean and recovery, we learn all these things and it's just like normal to us. Like yep. when you said that, I was like, yeah, yep. you know, because I know that. I know that anger is a secondary emotion. Facts. The first emotion is fear, Facts. you know, and um, sometimes I think like, bro, there's people walking around all day that don't know that. Facts. You know, Facts. that this is just the secondary emotion, yeah, yeah. that there's a whole bunch of secondary yeah, yeah. emotions. Yeah. You that's it. Yo, that's the beauty of like, uh, you know, being part of like a group. Support, having a support group, having individuals that you could talk to, like, you know, you're one of those individuals for me, man. You reconnect you. me to, like, that knowledge and all that stuff is that, you know, we remind each other all these things, you know, because mm -hmm. the reality is, is that from my experience, a vast majority of people out there are not operating like that, you know. They, it almost seems like every, oh, a lot of people are just em emotionally surviving, mm -hmm. you know. Um, it's just like everything, like their finances, you know what I mean? Everything, emotionally surviving, li living um, paycheck to paycheck on emotions. Emotionally. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, and listen, I subscribe to that plenty of times. So, you know, everything that I say, I say it from experience. Mm -hmm. You know, I lived it and I've gotten out of it. I don't talk from a perspective like thinking that I know somebody else's journey. I'm talking about my journey. I know what it's like to live paycheck to paycheck emotionally codependency toxicness you know what i mean all that stuff being a part of it being the creator of the toxicness mm -hmm. and not even knowing you were that fucking toxic until five years later when the light bulb hit you and you was like oh mm -hmm. secondary emotion yeah right <laughs> so yeah it took a minute it took a minute you know uh all right, let's keep going. Yeah, yeah. Saying? So going back to that situation, um, you know, abandonment, rejection issues, you know, puberty, moving to a new area. Um, just very confused young man. Uh, very hurt, very angry, angry, depressed, you know, and the only thing the only thing that would bring a smile, right, was uh alcohol, you know. Um, and then just like anything else, you know, uh, you know, any anybody out there that you know, could identify with addicts or addict mentality or obsessive compulsiveness or whatever you want to identify it as, but you know it's a problem type of vibes. Sooner or later, the alcohol isn't enough. You know what I mean? Because then you still feel the pain with the alcohol. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know what I I never liked alcohol, but, you know, I did it until I found something else, but it just, like, yeah. took too long. Yeah. I remember th I remember being a kid being like, man, I wish this came in, like, a little pill. Because like, yeah. I don't like the yeah. drinking aspect. Yeah. It's like the process yeah. of drinking takes yeah. too long. Yeah, it fucks up your liver. You get super pot belly, everything, bro. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was a big drinker. Um, And then, you know, progressed into, like, the heavier narcotics. Mm -hmm. Um, And then just... You know, and, and through that process, just really never learn how to cope, how to have emotions, how to communicate, how to be in relationships. Um, you know, I always wanted to be in relationships. Um, it was this love-hate with, like, people for me. You know, it was like, um, you know, because I, I just feel all humans, we desire connection. That's why we're here. That's why we're doing this podcast. That's why we're doing all these things is because we want to connect with other individuals one way or another. Even when you're, like, isolated, you're still wishing that somebody mm -hmm. would connect, at least one person. And when that one person finally texts you because it's like you sometimes, you're like, oh, shit, somebody still cares, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Even when you're angry at everybody, like, fuck everybody. And then, you know, people reach out. It still feels good. 
you know, like I, I just didn't have that, man. And I struggled with that. And, um, you know, it just rebelliousness led me into like getting expelled from high school, you know, barely graduating with a high school diploma because, you know, I was forced to go to like this Christian academy, you know, cheated the whole time I was there. Then um, uh, went into the Marines, you know, and stepfather died when I was in boot camp. Um, so it was another like excuse for my addiction to get me to continue acting out. You know what I mean? Now, you know, I look back now, I look at that, look at it in that respect. And I, uh, I understand my disease now. Um, I like to call it a disease, you know, because it's a dis-ease, yo, for me. All right? Yeah, I could get into scientific terms. You could do all that later. I'm definitely not going to partake on that particular conversation. I enjoy calling it a dis-ease mm -hmm. because it definitely um, gives me a lot of discomfort, um, in my life, emotionally, mm -hmm. physically, you know, uh, financially, you know what I mean? All that. So for me, the disease, I saw it back then, you know what I mean? Progress. And, um, you know, I just started, I just went back to like what I knew made me feel better. And that's just drinking and drugging. Um, and I played the game, man, you know, ended up getting kicked out of the Marines, um, coming back home, hitting the streets. Um, and then, you know, met my, um, drug of choice, you would call it, right? Um, the one, <laughs> The one who took us out, mm. uh, which was on uh, crack cocaine, you know, it's crazy because like the way that I was introduced into crack cocaine, it was like, you know, you would hear Wu-Tang talking about smoking them wolves. Right. So I was like, oh, Wu-Tang's doing it. I'm going to do it, too. Wow. Uh, and then I ended up like old dirty bastard almost. You know what I'm saying? So, um, you know, at the end of the day, you know, I remember that was a fast Fast decline, man. Fast decline. Six months, I think. You know, first stint that I got mm -hmm. arrested. You know, yeah, uh, crack is quick. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, crack. Yeah, I was actually joking around uh, with my girl today, and then we were calling them crack bites. <laughs> I was like, yo, it was like, who the fuck is smoking crack, man? I was like, they should have called them something like crack bites or something, you know what I mean? Make it kind of cute or some shit like that. But, you know, at the end of the yeah, day. The thing is, when you're smoking crack, there's no illusion that you're not. You yeah. know, like there's yeah. no illusion that it's manageable. Yeah. There's no illusion that it's a weekend thing. Yeah. Like, bro, you're smoking crack. Yeah, yeah you smoke smoking crack. Like, when you light that shit up in front of somebody that's never seen it before, they're like, yo, you're smoking crack. Like, Fact. it is like. You don't cross the line. Like, Word. everybody's freaking you, out. Get you away. ain't pulling up to the dispensary. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> you know right? Yeah. You ain't pulling up to the dispensary to get your product. Uh -huh. yeah, you, pulling up, you pulling up to, to the like, hood. The hood yeah. You know what I mean? It's like you pulling up to some spooky, sketchy areas. And, um, yeah, man, I even recently, um, you know, because I had moved down to Miami, and I recently, um, you know, I guess because of this pandemic and stuff, like, recently heard, like, people were really on that shit down there. You know what I mean? Like, cold crack and all that stuff and um spooky spooky i know what it did for me man mm -hmm. spooky um you know the spookiest part of it because i could go down spooky so many spooky routes down that shit bro you know what i mean the spookiest part for me really man really is the fact that um you have no control over it you know it is like one of those things that is just gnawing bro when it gnawing calls on you when it calls what? when that shit what? calls you at the middle of the night gnawing it's just always there, bro. It's just always there. And you'll think it's gone. Like, I'll throw the crack pipe out. Yeah, I, used to, I was the king of that. I was the king of, like, throwing away the porn and the crack all the time. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Love porn and crack because I didn't. Yo, I was so cracked out of my mind. There was, there was no way you were getting me next to somebody else. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, didn't, I couldn't even be around a body most of the time because I was fucking, like, paranoid. 
And I ain't want to share my crack. You know what I'm saying? Peeing so, in the sink. Yeah. <laughs> Peeing in I the telling, Gatorade cups. <laughs> I was know? talking to somebody that had never smoked it before. And oh. I was like, yeah, bro, peeing in the sink. And he's like, what, the bathroom what? didn't work? No. I was no, like, bro, fucking you kitchen sink, bro. I was like, you don't want the sound. <laughs> you know <laughs> what I mean? Like, that shit would freak bro. you out. Yo, I'd be peeking out the windows. The, the biggest thing, yo, the craziest thing when I used to be cracked out of my mind was that um, I would get into, like, this accounting mentality of, like, you know, save some money, you yeah. know, put some over here for like certain finances, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Put some in the brokerage account, but, you know, I'll be like, so, all right, I got my big old crack piece. I'm going to break it up into pieces and I'm going to put and it in the house. Yo, I try to hide yeah. that shit thinking I would be able, yo, it'd be a mission. Y'all be tearing stuff up trying to find that piece, smoking mad popcorn from the ceiling, yep. mad crumbs, breadcrumbs. Kitty litter. Dest- <laughs> yeah, kitty litter, destroying, <laughs> destroying the stem. It's Lent. like three in the morning, got to go. Pop somebody's antenna. That's how old I am, yo. Because, yo, that's how long it was since I, I was out there like that. And um, it was wild, man. It was bizarre. It was, I would have to say, is one of the most insidious, mm-hmm. insidious scenarios. You know what I mean? Or when you really get into and it. And it that really deep. feels uh, like, you know, I've also been addicted to opiates, bro. But there's something like evil about it like you just yeah. feel so dirty yeah, like you dirty. can take a thousand showers after dirty and still not feel right I'd be in the fetal taking mm-hmm. a shower with hot water for like 30 minutes mm-hmm. just you, a, just a, remember, for the shame i remember after i would drink a like after it was all gone i'd drink a, a glass of orange juice and it would feel like uh sizzling down my throat Oof. like it's just like you haven't drank in like Oof. 10 years yo i would i would um i would get like these uh pills i forgot they were called it was these red uh vitamin pills and um you know, I would come down, you know, probably I'd smoke. I was like I'd four or five days minimum. Right. And then I would come down, eat mad fast food. Right. And then in that time, I would take mad vitamins to try to just stay healthy because it was like that bad, bro. It was like literally belt loops were gone. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, like in days, days. And, and it was crazy because it was like, you know, it was it really accentuated like the character. You know what I mean? Because like all drugs do, in my opinion, bro. Like, uh, you know, getting to the point where we're at right now in our journey. Well, like drugs, my mom could always see it in my eyes. Oh, yeah, she yeah, never yeah. needed a drug test me. Yeah. She would just look in my eyes. Yeah. And I, not even from being high, from the shame. Yeah, yeah. My mom would always see the shame yeah. on me, like, <laughs> yeah. you fucked up again. You fucked up. Over. Nah, nah, nah. Yeah. All drugs do, in my opinion, though, uh, since I'm, like, from my journey right now, mm-hmm. all they do is really accentuate the character that's in you already. If you're a hurt person, bro, you know what I mean? You're going to be a hurtful person. You know what I mean? You're going to hurt people. You're going to try to fucking do everything. If you're a sneaky motherfucker, you're just going to be the illest, sneakiest slimy. motherfucker ever. You're slimy. You know, um, and it's just like really accentuates all these character defects that we already possess, you know. Um, and that was one of the biggest things I also, aha moments that I had was understanding that like, um, you know, the disease wasn't really in the actual drugs. Because that's the stuff that kept me, you know, continuing. Because I used to do mad things to try to like not smoke crack, right? Mm-hmm. I would be like, yo, I'm going to buy this six pack of beer. I'm going to put it in the fridge. I'm going to take two today, two tomorrow, blah, 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 whatever. You know, I was trying to regulate myself. I'm only going to smoke this. You know, maybe snort some powder, whatever. Um, and you know, by the end of the night, I was already like negative in the bank account, trying to scam to figure mm-hmm. out how I'm gonna get my next hit, right? Um, you know, back then it was the ATM scams. You put the money, in, you know, the empty envelope, right? Like you were doing a cash deposit mm-hmm. in your bank account. They'll give you a credit, you know, for three hundred dollars, whatever. Pull that shit out, you know, you you lived, you mm-hmm. lived for another couple hours to the sunrise, right. you know. 
Um, yeah, it's a fucking nightmare, man. Yo, fucking trying to get the dealer, trying to get somebody to open up the paranoia, the shame, the guilt. Yo, I used to pull up to the fucking red lights. Yo, I used to drive just looking at the rear wheel mirror, dog. <laughs> you know what I mean? I would never look forward. Mm-hmm. You know? I remember just asking myself that same question. Yeah. Is that a taxi cab? Or a cop. <laughs> like, what? Yo, it, it, like, 99.99% uh, of the time, I always thought it was a cop. Always. Yo, it acted like, it paranoid like a cop, and it was never a cop. Yo, I've so. had hallucinations, like, yeah. you know, so yeah. I'm sure a lot of people have. So what happened after that? Uh, you know, you go to your first in and rehab first, or your first arrest. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, I, um, you know, I, I was in this uh, very... Uh, you know, I was in a relationship at that time, uh, very volatile, mostly because of my own insecurities and not being able to understand, you know, mm -hmm. uh, emotions, you know, and jealousies and stuff like that. So anyways, ended up having a lot of like, you know, a fallouts with that individual, her family, blah, 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 whatever, um, you know, and this was whacked out of my mind um, and ended up getting arrested, you know, um, and catching a couple of charges um, for terrorizing, you know, an individual <laughs> cracked out of my mind. Uh, you know, and that was my first time, you know, cause I think that the, the, the you know, the first time that somebody kind of like, you know, uh, insinuated I had a problem was when I was in the Marines and they were like, oh, but what, what they called it was I was a, a binger. Mm -hmm. Right. So for me, that was like a C plus in life. Mm -hmm. You know, it wasn't the F of being called an addict. Yeah, you, you know what I'm saying? Every day. Yeah, you I'm not like chunky or what the fuck, you know? Mm -hmm. You know, that, that um separation, you know, that we do. Uh but, you know, for me, you know, it was then they kinda had, gave me a little taste of that, but I was like, whatever. But when I got arrested, you know, I, I realized I had a problem. I couldn't stop. I got I got arrested again. Um then somebody suggested I should go to a rehab. You know, I went to the, uh, I think it was like the Freedom House in Orlando. I don't even know if it's around or whatever, but it was like a, a faith-based mm -hmm. situation. You know, and it goes back to like what I was saying. I didn't stop believing in my faith. Not saying that I don't believe in what I, you know, in certain aspects of it, but I stopped believing in that, you know, cultish type vibes, you know, recently. But um, back then, you know, anytime I would come to, like my clutch was always my higher power or whatever, but mm -hmm. it wasn't that you know, all I knew of it then was like my mom's higher power. Mm -hmm. um, but I always went back to it. So I, I remember going to that place and uh, getting a couple of days, getting healthy and then starting to feed me knowledge. But then um, I got arrested again because they revoked my bond. Um, and then I stayed in jail for like two years going to trial, man. And um, You know what I always love that you would share? You'd be like, bro, in jail, you got grown ass <laughs> men fighting over uh, little <laughs> Debbie's. You yeah, know? fuck it. Yo, yo I, would, yo, I do not recommend jail for nobody, man. Yo, it's crazy because like, you know, I have a son. He's like 16. Uh, you know, it's funny because, you know, they try to emulate all these like characters, you know, uh, that we love, all these rappers and all this stuff or whatever. Um, but when you really be out there, man, yo, that's not the that's not the vibe, my man. You know what I mean? Getting locked up with a whole bunch of grown ass men, fighting over fucking honey buns, the telephone. You know, you constantly gotta be on guard on your booty cheeks. Like, yo, fuck that, bro. That's not the vibe. Um, you know, and, and I ended up in those situation in that situation, which was extremely aggressive, very violent, uh, extremely spooky. And it was wild because, like, at that point in my journey with addiction, I was full-blown. I ended up, you know, they came and got me at a rehab. I ended up getting out again one more time on another bond because I guess they caught me in a different county or whatever. They didn't catch up to me. I got out on a bond, and then they caught me again because at that point I was angry, and I tried to, like, 
agitate the situation more with the people. And um, then I ended up getting arrested on September 11th. 2001 when the fucking towers wow. went down dog yeah yo talk about the insanity in my brain how self-centered and how self-consumed i am that think i am that i i start thinking that i got arrested that the world's collapsing because of me <laughs> <laughs> you know the vibes <laughs> you know um but um ended up getting locked up i remember you know that whole scary stuff man lockdown everything and um you know, they took me to my uh, holding cells and then they took me down to like the population cells or whatever. And, um, you know, I remember it was the first time in my life, probably throughout the whole addiction aspect of it, that I was like happy and relieved. I was somewhere where I was like away from my drugs. That's when you say you got rescued. Yeah. Yo, that's when I got like, you know, like what they say, like that G.O.D., you know, that that God moment, you know, mm -hmm. and um. I had that, you know what I mean? That the gift of desperation in that moment, I've had it then. I've had it in, in those very important times in my journey. But that one right there is because, you know, I went into the cell, man. And, I, and, I, you know, and it was crazy because, uh, you know, the addiction was still there. You know what I mean? The cravings. Cocaine, crack cravings, as I remember, you know what I mean, are more mental. You know, it's like this gnawing thought obsessive compulsive thought that you just can't on loop and it's not like anything else i hate when nope. people are like oh it's like when you're really hungry or no. like it is not no. like food it is not no. like sex not it is like not anything. like wanting to drive no. fast it is a pull it is crazy it is a pull. that's bro. why they call it the monkey on the back because that motherfucker just it's like a big monkey just pounding on you mm -hmm. till you do what it tells you to do but for me it's only when i'm alone Oof. I'll be with people and it'll be like, yeah. I don't even want to do that shit. You know, people will be around me gassing me up. Yeah. The second I'm alone, it's like, all right, motherfucker, yeah. you know what we about to do. I could sincerely believe it. I don't want to use. I'll tell uh, you, uh, I, I'm not using. I don't want to get high. Yeah. I'm not getting high. I'm focused. And as soon as everyone's gone, it's like, yeah. all right, we fold them. Yep. You know yep. what to do. Yep. You know, it's like a drill yep. sergeant telling yep. you to march. Yeah. And uh, as much as I believe what I just said... <laughs> yeah. I know or, that it ain't gonna it ain't know, gonna you, turn out that you, way. You don't know how many times I was at a family event and I was like, "Yo, I'm gonna go grab the milk." Or y'all need sodas? Mm -hmm. I'll be right back, and it, and then come back and you two really, weeks later. And you really <laughs> yeah. think you're going you really to get... be thinking, and then be like, "Oh, I got cash in my hand." <laughs> yeah, bro, it's so weird because what I always tell people is that you're not the same person yeah. in different scenarios. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like. Uh, yeah, you could be faithful to your wife. Yeah. Be faithful to your wife at the strip club. All right, you might be able to yeah. do that. You know, go spend a night in a hotel room and sleep in the same bed with somebody. Yeah. You know, like once you keep pushing yourself in different scenarios, oh, yeah. there's some scenarios that you just don't want to put yourself 1, in. You ain't that strong. And Never. I'm I'm okay to admit yeah. that. Like, bro, uh, there's this one speaker I used to love that she was crazy. She spoke at one of the conventions. She's like, uh, if I was uh, allergic to peanuts, you would not catch my ass at a peanut factory, <laughs> all right? Facts. You know, and like, bro, with crack, bro, sometimes it's just like, I don't want to go nowhere. Yeah. I don't want to go to the gas yeah. station. At 3 a.m., I start getting these thoughts yeah. and feelings and drug dreams. Get yeah. the fuck out of yeah. here, bro. That yeah. shit was fucking Yo, crazy. It's, and it's crazy because it doesn't go away until you satisfy it. Mm -hmm. it's, a, it's, it's a very, very intense, you know what I mean, calling. And it's um, it's interesting because, you know what I mean, like um, throughout the, you know, coming out 15 years in recovery and, mm -hmm. you know, and being away from like crack and all that shit, you know, I, and, and understanding it from like not only from 
an addict's perspective, but also from a, a person that is recovering, but also as a, a support to other people who are, you know, in active addiction. All that. So seeing it from different perspectives is basically what I'm saying is uh, the interesting part about that is that, you know, when you don't have no knowledge or understanding of that, you know what I mean? Uh, it's easy to take personal, you know, uh, of, you know, being a parent of somebody that's in active addiction, being a spouse or a friend or business partner. You, you know? said you weren't going to do this yeah, again. It's like, <laughs> Come on, man, stop. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, like and it's why because it's like yeah it's really stop but we don't know when it one stop is gonna stop you know what i'm saying it takes it's a series of like for some people it's um you know od mm -hmm. right going having to die and come back to stop right and uh you know that ability to stop it's a whole nother thing to stay stopped because some things stop us or we get stopped or we have that moment of clarity but it takes extreme vigor yeah. and relentlessness and perseverance Facts. and trust in a higher power to to just like yes. make it one more day, one more day, yes. one more hour. And yes. like to have the hope yeah. that maybe yeah. it won't be that bad tomorrow. Yeah. And then when it is, yeah. you're like, fuck. Yeah. And then it's like another day and another yeah. day. And then like for everyone it's different. But then you have that one day where like. And that's like that's that's what the compassion, bro. That's what the compassion. People ask me like, yo, you still think about it? I was like, I think about, it, but I don't taste it. Yeah, I don't taste it either. And um, you know? as far as like, sometimes I do. Yo, I, I yeah, there, there's if days. I really, yeah, <laughs> there's I, days. If I really think about it, or I oh, see it, or yeah, whatever, I could yo. taste it. Yo, and you know what I'm grateful for is that we're not when we think about it. You know, what I'm saying we have the tools, and we're not in a bad position in life where you know what I mean. It's attractive. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. yo, like I, the, the way I'm living at right now. You know what I mean? Like looking over, like fucking, you know, my view, how I wake up, my life. You know, it's just I'll weigh the pros and cons list, right? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, you know, do I get up and put on my off-white, you know, SB dunks or do I sell them for crack? You know <laughs> what I'm saying? Like, you know, so for me, I, I do a daily, you know, so it's the, from the moment I wake up, you know, I try to have gratitude, you know what I mean? And like, listen, man, not every day is perfect. We know this, man. Like, you know, um, we all battle with it. I think we lack a lot of compassion for us and uh, at times mm -hmm. a lot, you know, um, because I think that, that that's the part where we need help. Um, because it's, you know, we get into that mentality, egos, egos get in the way, you know what I mean? And then, well, we stop forgetting about what it's all about. Yeah. Facts. It's all the about purpose. not using, yeah. you know what I mean? It's yeah. all about not using and yeah. like, yeah, bro, someone might do you wrong or do this yeah. or whatever, but it's like, bro, as long as we're staying clean, yeah. like that's the main thing. And like, bro, we're a bunch of junkies and crackheads, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like, like we're new to all this. And like, even yeah. if we've been clean a long time, bro, like, bro, there are people who aren't addicts that yeah. struggle way worse than we do. The thing is, is that when we struggle, if we don't keep in check, we'll go back to you. Yeah, 1,000%. So layers. Yeah, let's keep going with the story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know what I mean? Like, oh, uh, where would I leave off? Uh, you know, military getting kicked in out of jail. military, getting arrested. Could All right, so going to jail. Jail was like definitely in there with some goons. Horrible experience. And, and from the looking back, I wouldn't want to go through that. School of hard knocks. Uh, but it was uh, uh definitely a very awakening moment. I got I dug into like 
a lot of my spirituality that I had understanding at that time, I read a lot of books. You know, I made the best of it. I learned how to play chess. I did all the shit that you could possibly do in there. Um, you know, spades. and you know, spades, obviously. <laughs> you know what I mean? Spades, gambled, everything, dog. I had a store. You know what I mean? Uh when they were participated in the riot. You know, got went to the hole many times, you know what I'm saying? All that. But at the end of the day, you know what I mean? Like, um, I was clean. You know, and, and this is a very, 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 very important part for the listeners out there who may not have any experience with, you know, staying clean or being clean or having substantial time underneath your belt, abstinent mm -hmm. from your actual, you know, drug of choice or any like chemical or whatever. And like, um, you know, and I got out, you know what I mean? Um, They gave me part of my sentence was to go to like a dual diagnosis treatment center or whatever. Um, And I ended up getting out, went there, uh, didn't do what nobody told me. You know what I mean? You know, was into the girls because obviously, you know what I mean? Like locked up for two years, was into that bullshit, wasn't paying attention, you know what I mean? Scamming at the med lines, all this other stuff. Falling in love. Yeah, falling in love, you know what I'm saying? Because, you know what I mean, well, from a person that, that didn't have love, you know what I mean? Any toxic situation can be perceived as love, you know what I mean? Um, And when I say toxic, I mean... Coming from me, coming from them, coming from both of us, coming from everything, you know what I mean? Like, I love that shit. I wanted to be loved and I wanted to fucking, but I didn't know what love was because I didn't know how to love myself, you know what I mean? And I just created a lot of toxic relationships. Uh, almost got kicked out of there because of the shit. Um, then I ended up coming out, uh, you know, to a halfway house. You know, I remember picking up a two-year, uh, 18-month uh, key tag because it was right around my two years. So it was the first meeting I've been to when I got out. And I remember getting it, and the people were like, yo, how'd you do it? Right? And um, I didn't even know what to say, dog. I was like, oh, I was in jail. Mm -hmm. Right? And it's crazy because, like, later on, I, I realized like, that that was a moment in my life where uh, I could have, like, took the, made the decision to say, oh, you know what? You know, um. I didn't do anything. I was just locked up in a cage. You know what I'm saying? Um, but it wasn't until late on that I realized that clean time don't equal recovery. You know what I mean? And it goes back to what Not you're saying. That, that bro. Mad people shit. are using in jail. Yeah, bro. Yeah. True. True. People are using in jail and stuff like that. Um, you know, but it's definitely a lot easier to stay away from it. You know what I mean? Um, because of, like, the characters, how sneaky it is to get the stuff in there or whatever, you know, and getting involved in all that bullshit. You know, but... Yeah, you can still get high enough. So, you know, it was still, I'm not going to take away from that time that I had, you know, because that abstinent time, you know, built mastery. But, yeah, but it's know? not the same as uh, no, it's not where I'm at recovery. right now. Recovery, you know, yeah, two years of recovery at. and yeah. two years clean are two yeah. different things. Two years of recovery, two years clean is two different things. Yo, two years, uh, 30 days in recovery is a lot different than two years clean. But at the same time, <laughs> you know, two years clean. Is not this like because we yeah, see motherfuckers yeah, gun ho yeah, at thirty yeah, days clean. Yeah, 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 you know, yeah, I've seen yeah, people yeah, thirty right, days clean, right, super right. gun ho, quoting the pink literature, cloud, pink like cloud, a, talking about the four like agreements. Bubble, bubble yum. Well, I <laughs> see people with like six months clean reading the four agreements. I'm like, whoa, whoa. slow down, bro. Chill, and, Daniel son. And, yeah, you know what I'm and I'm not like uh, I'm not knocking it or, or whatever. I understand, you know. It's not about exclusivity either. I'm not trying to say this is only yeah, for yeah. people who have multiple years clean. You can't understand that. 
But, um, bro, learn Just about have a level of humility in there. Learn about the first step. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, learn about service. Make the yeah, coffee. Yeah, make the coffee. You know, have a I level mean? of humility in there. That's you know the part what where I want to do yeah. the podcast. I feel yeah. like there's a lot Don't of work. judge. Yeah. Don't judge. Don't get on your little soapbox because you're on your pink cloud. You know what I'm saying? Because I, I was that person, yo. I'll keep it 100, man. I remember, I remember being able to step into like third gear, you know, and being like, yo, this shit, yo, I got this shit down mm-hmm. packed. <laughs> Yo, ain't ego. nothing fucking with me And they get slapped with like a flat tire In the middle of nowhere Just unmanageable Just steamrolling over shit Next thing you know I got a case mm-hmm. At a year clean You know what I'm saying? So like Let's no. talk about that oh, yeah. <laughs> So after those two years After those two years I, You know, I went to a halfway house Couldn't get a job Because I was on probation Went to a fucking call center You know, ended up You know, me and my baby moms Whatever uh, You know, having a kid Relapsed I relapsed because I remember I got out of the halfway house. I relapsed. Um, they gave me my deposit back. I was at the Boca house, Boca. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? And like, um, you know, it was wild, man. It was just off to the races again. And then the crazy insanity, right? The insanity of that particular journey. It took me four years to get back to the rooms um, because I thought that I could do marijuana maintenance. You know what I mean? And um, But I was drinking also with the marijuana maintenance as well. But it was it was wild because I was on probation, so I would smoke weed, drink, party, and then like for you know a week, then I would stay clean. You know what I mean? Twenty one days, go pee clean, whatever. But then it's just something. That's about, why I never smoke weed. Bro. Yeah, yo, it's a, yo, I, yo smoking I, weed on probation is worked. the dumbest. It's shit, the dumbest, it's dumbest, so dumbest. But yo, let me tell you something about how fucking it, yo crazy our diseases is that you know um. I just was so empty, bro. You know what I mean? And and like I just needed. But it's crazy how we risk our freedom, dog. It's like, bro, there's so many times it's like, bro, let's go risk it for like something serious, bro. You over here risking your freedom over weed. What? I've yo, I've done it for less. Mm -hmm. Clean. You know what I'm saying? Like, yo, what the fuck? You know what I mean? Like just you know, the decisions we make sometimes, man. Um, when we're not in recovery, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you could be like, yo, it's a one in a thousand yeah, chance. Yeah. You focus on that yeah, one. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, I'll, I'll be the it. only I'll one to get it. But the story, the story's gonna be dope, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's another like defect characteristic of like, you know, an addict, you know, a, an active addict, you know. Yeah, a lot of times I'm I live my life like it's a story. Yeah. That I like it's like I'm making the book better yeah but this is my life yeah bro, yeah, 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 yeah 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 no i hear you man i hear you that yo that was like to, for me you know going through that experience allowed me to to understand my addiction as well uh you know because you know we're master manipulators dog our disease is a master manipulator you know it had me convinced that i could get away with this and i did get away with it bro mm-hmm. you know i never got popped for it i did catch the runs Going to go take a piss test because I was fucking drinking mad vinegar and fucking taking mad fucking detox cleansers because, you know, those first seven days turned into like, oh, shit, I got to go pee tomorrow and I haven't stopped smoking weed and doing coke and doing fucking everything else. But I didn't get in trouble for that. But it was um in 2006, man. Uh, Hurricane Wilma had hit. You know, I was living in a townhome with my brother. I was down in Delray, you know, and then, you know, for some reason that day we wanted to take it a little bit too further, right? I remember that day, it's wild because I always talk about it. I remember being in Delray, being in um at this place called the Bull Bar, drinking, you know, this, that, and the other. 
uh, you know, I had this wildebeest with me, you know what I'm saying? Because, yo, that's the type of crowd that when you're on those fine delicacy of crack bites, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? It's, it's the kind of company you keep, right? Uh, so I'm in this, you know, this spot with this person, this wildebeest, and then, um, you know what I mean? I get on 95, hauling ass, drinking, high as hell, whatever, going to go pick up more crack, uh, and I get pulled over. And I remember getting pulled over here. I'm still on probation, mind you, with a 15-year suspended sentence. You know, fucking got mad legal issues, you know, and, and here I am, get pulled over, fall out of the car, get out of the car, get put on the back of the fucking trunk. The cop is like, who the fuck is that? You know, the, to the wildebeest. I was like, oh, that person's not with me. So, you know what I mean? Uh, told the wildebeest to get catch a ride home. As he's doing all that searching all that stuff, he fucking um, gets a call and just fucking screams at me and jumps in the car and takes off. I said, it must have been like a serious issue happening somewhere that needed his assistance. And, you know, you would think that like, yo, you know, that foxhole prayer came through quick. You know what I mean? That, that would be the wake up call. Uh, but it wasn't. I wasn't afraid of that. I wasn't afraid of jail. I wasn't afraid of death. I wasn't afraid of financial fucking disaster. I wasn't afraid of like, you know, um, accidents. You know what I mean? I wasn't afraid of anything except for not having that next hit. Yeah. You know the vibes? I was going to say the same thing. Yeah. Like, but the only thing I was scared of is not yeah. having money for tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. Being dope sick. Yeah. Not, yeah. You know, looking. Yeah. Yeah, just looking mad depressed. Somebody be like, yo, bro, you got to run across this, you know, field, field the alligators and yeah, whatever. Right, I'd be like, all right, bro, you give me 20 bucks. Right, right. There'll be some rocks, some crack bites over there. Yo, and uh, uh, yeah, dog. So like, uh, I remember going back home and then just reing up, re up, And I just was smoking to our fucking comatose, bro. I was comatose. And uh, I remember looking in the mirror the next day and it was like, uh, you know, I love I loved this part because it was like the gift of desperation for me, man. It was my first encounter with God on a personal level, on a level that it was like, yo, I ran out of my mom's blessings. We know that. No, you know, if people are praying for me, they're not praying for prosperity. They're praying for survival mm -hmm. for me. You know what I'm saying? The prayers are different. You know what I mean? The prayers are like, oh, I hope my son, you know, that business deal goes through or, or you know, I hope that that sale on that property or whatever goes through. And there ain't those kind of prayers. You know what I'm saying? Prayers are like, if he dies, I hope he dies somewhere we can find him. Or mm -hmm. if he, you know, if he hurts somebody, you know, um, you know, I hope they don't kill him type of mentality. And um, looking in the mirror, man, I just saw a real empty, uh, sad individual, man, and um, very hollow. You know, and, I, and it was scary, man. It was the first time in my life where I, I was actually afraid. You talk about how you had some things. Yeah, 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 definitely. Yo, I had, uh, you know, I was smoking. I had, you know what I mean, like, you know, the, the rocks, everything, you know what I mean? And then, um, you know, I just, I remember having, um, when I was at the Boca House, I remember them taking me to, like, this one particular meeting. You know what I mean? That's why, like, I appreciate the journey because people are, you know, you don't realize where the seeds are being planted. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, like a lot of times we don't know who we affect. You know, I know that you get this a lot because of your journey. And, uh, and I get this all the time too. Um, people reach out to me three, four years like, yo man, look where I'm at right now, man. Mm -hmm. Thank you. You know what I mean? Like, yo, if it wasn't for you picking up that call or if it wasn't for you, you know, paying for my coffee at the meeting or, you know, whatever, bro, I've gotten it all. And I'm like blown away of like, you know, those special, affirmations that God gives you or validations mm -hmm. that God gives you throughout your journey you know what I mean but that was for me man those people took me to the fucking uh, meeting and like I remember how to get there and when I first went into the meetings man you know I was angry super aggressive you know somebody told me to get a sponsor that has what you want 
I looked outside who had the dopest car. That was my sponsor. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, all I know is that all I wanted to do was stop smoking crack, right? These motherfuckers were talking about God. They're talking about meeting. They're passing around the basket like it's church. Yo, yo, I didn't give money in that basket to our fucking, to <laughs> I, to, yo, seven years probably. Wow. You know, that's a, yo, whoever, shame me. I don't care if you shaming me, it's my process. Shame me because you know what? I did other work in other areas, man. It was my personal struggle. It was my ignorance, man. You know what I mean? It was my personal trauma, man, from childhood with, like, religion and money and fucking this and that. And, you know, I look back now. I give back wherever I can now. It's a different Mario, but that's where I was at, mm -hmm. bro. And, uh, you know, I didn't believe that this was, like, uh, you know, as anonymous and as free as it is. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? I didn't believe it, you know, to an I, extent. I kind of did because when I would go to church— I would see how nice the church was and how much TVs and yo, shit. I'm like, pull up to the I'm like, bro, I was like, bro, you don't need this shit. <laughs> yo, I go to word. a meeting. I'm like, whoa, this is pretty much bare necessities, dog. They got a little shithole meeting word. house. They got some crap yeah. coffee. They got some Those donated chairs. The money ain't going here. You yeah, know what I mean? True. The money's that's going true. somewhere else. But when I would go to church, I'd be like. Bro, why does it have to be that's so true. nice? Yeah. You know, I would go to churches and get real like, yeah. bro, why I ain't gotta yeah. be this nice, bro. This is a four million dollar yeah. building, right? bro. This is crazy. You wasn't as bitter as me. Yeah, bro. I wasn't <laughs> as bitter as you. You wasn't as bitter as me. I was I, so bitter. I kid. walked into my first meeting and I was like, I'll put a dollar in this shit. They look like they <laughs> they look like they need it. Yo, word. You know? like, yo, I don't I'm about order some chairs right now for yeah, Amazon. Bro, they, I'm about they to order right a chair, bro. No, you're right, man. Like I said, man, it was like my disease, man. It was keeping me from wanting to neck mm -hmm. you know and it's uh, you know that's that so that's how you started to get clean yeah that's how i started to get clean man in that respect i picked up my first you know white key tag you know um i you know i'm a proud member of the uh don't get high no matter what it's a tough membership you know what i mean um if you don't subsidize it with like literature steps other stuff you know what i mean it's a rough journey <laughs> you know? be, i tell people rough all the time bro i was like you know it's about not using no matter what and you could do it the easy way yeah, you could do it the, the hard, hard way, way bro yeah. Yeah. You can just hold on like a motherfucker yeah. and see how long that works. Or you yeah. can do it the fucking softer, mm -hmm. easier route. And before you know it, staying clean is going to yeah. take care of itself. You ain't even going to have to struggle with it. Yeah, it's a beautiful journey, man. Like, I stepped into that. And it's crazy. Like I said, I picked a sponsor. I had the dopest whip out there. Um, you know, and it, and it was a very intellectual individual. Love him. Gave me a lot of knowledge. Put up with a lot of my shit. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, I would call this guy and I would just argue about the literature with him. I'm like, fuck that shit. That shit lying. Yo, what says cult there? It says blah, blah, blah. You know, this guy was from Harlem. You know, he was like, you know, he had that 5% vibes, J Electronica vibes, you know what I mean? And like, you know, he would spit that knowledge and he would calm me down, you know. Were the words therapeutic? Yeah. But I think the essence of like picking up the phone and, and, and calling someone else and connecting um, Making I think the that, effort, bro. Yeah, and and then the effort and the I willingness talk, and all that stuff. Bro, the effort is yep. different because it's like, bro, if someone gives you a piece of shit car, if someone steals it, who cares? Someone gave it to you anyways. But if you wash it mm -hmm. that morning of, someone tries to steal it, I'm Facts. fighting that dude because like, bro, I just washed this motherfucker. You know, Facts. I just did something into it. Yeah. So like, the, the big, more big effort, big issue and like like so like that's a lot of stuff that I've got gotten to see in treatment. How like. When you give somebody to people too much and they don't like buy in in some kind of way, if yeah, they don't they make a sacrifice of financial, game, yeah, if they don't have some skin in the game, some sacrifice, yo, the percentage of people who actually make it mm -hmm. from that is a lot higher than the ones that do give. 
you know, have skin in the game versus the ones that don't. Someone was schooling on me that the other day because they were like, yo, like, uh, you know, I would be real careful about giving somebody this. I would have them pay a little bit. And I'd always like, no, nah, it's all good. Da, da, da. And he's like, bro, even if it's your employee or whatever, you always want them to have a little investment in it, even if you're helping them out. Correct. You know, and that's something that, that I get from my dad because my dad used to always give freely. And then when the people like failed him or whatever, he got all resentful. Yeah. But they didn't have no skin in the yeah. game anyways. They could walk away. They just walk away yeah. and they're not invested. Yeah. You put a dollar in that bitch and you feel yeah. some type of way. It, it yeah. changes you, you know. Yeah. How to learn how to give in, in these last 15 years too, man. You know what I'm saying? Because not everybody you not, not everybody needs what they're asking for. <laughs> hey, hey, real shit. You know what I'm saying? Uh, not everybody <laughs> needs what they're asking for. So sometimes motherfuckers be coming to ask and I'll be like, yo, man, I'm looking at your lifestyle right now. I don't really think you need that right now. Mm-hmm. But hey, I'll give you this meeting list, you know what I'm saying? Or, or I'll connect you with this person over here, you know, but I don't think those, you know, that $100 to go get a t-shirt to go to, the, you know, hang out at late night at the club is the Whatever. spot, it's the vibe. You know, it's crazy, man, because like, you know, we're getting into like, you know, these beginning aspects of the journey, uh, you know, but um, like I said, man, um, at a year clean, I, I ended up getting arrested. I ended up going to jail, you know, uh, in early recovery mentality, man, you know, white knuckling it. Uh, you know, just doing the minimums, working some steps, but just, you know, at my own pace kind of mentality and not taking it serious. I ended up acting out on one of my character defects, which was my most prevalent one, which is anger. Ended up getting an altercation again. My actual uh, probation um, violated and I had to go back to jail and got to get extradited back to Orlando or whatever. And um, going through that process, man, I ended up like going to the the same jail that I was in like five years prior when I was in that jail, man. And they put me in these same cells and I was like on this top bunk next to the shower, water splashing over me. It was just nasty. Um, you know what I mean? And I had already, you know, I had a year of like a clear mind per se. You know, I had a little bit of recovery. I understood some terms. I was no longer a goon to an extent. Like, I, you know, it was like one of those moments where like, you know, I could either make the left and become a goon and then get into that shit, or I could just stay the course and see what it takes me in jail, bro. Like, you know what I mean? Having to fucking not have to smack people or try to be the most spiritual in like conversations and not get into altercations and be have integrity, all this shit in jail, you know what I mean? Uh, but it was one of the first times in my journey that I realized that clean time don't equal recovery. And I realized at that moment that the disease of addiction did not lie in the drugs that I was consuming. The disease of addiction was within me. And I was consuming those drugs to be able to cope with the disease that I had inside me. Mm-hmm. Yo, and it hit me, man. It just really hit me right there. And I was like, yo, like I could literally end up in the same place I ended up when I was on full crackhead mode. Clean. Clean. Yo, ladies and gentlemen, that's the hit right there. Yo, and if you've been in recovery, if you've been around these streets over here, West Palm, Broward, whatever, Miami, you've been in this recovery game uh, with people and stuff like that. You see it all the time, man. You see these wonderful, beautiful addicts, you know what I mean? Make it. You know, you see these wonderful, beautiful addicts. I sound like Trump on that right there. Mm-hmm. Sound these beautiful addicts um, out here, you know, living a life beyond their wildest dreams. Um, and then just veer off. You know, just veer off. Yeah, man. You, you know, know, they say don't let the gifts of recovery yeah. take you out of recovery. Yeah, exactly. You know? you just I've veer seen off. people just slowly yeah, and drift. slowly get away, yep. get away. And 
Yeah. I got to take the kids to karate class. Yeah. Yep. I got the game yep. on Saturday. Yep. Me and the wife yep. got a trip planned. Yep. It's like, bro, I remember you didn't have none of that. And then a real problem hits and you're so far from your support group and the disease is telling you, yo, you can't call them. They're going to laugh at you. You a clown. When's the last time you called them? Yeah. Yo, you're looking at them on Instagram. They living their life, dog. You gonna call them? Yo, your, your last post was live. Don't let them. <laughs> don't let them see you sweat. <laughs> Not just that, bro. When's the last time they called you and you answered? Yeah, facts. When's it's the last like, time bro, they you, called you and you answered? Facts. And it's facts. like, bro, you drift away from them. Now yeah. you're gonna come back, yeah. and uh, you know, the more you don't go, the more you yeah. don't go. Because relationships are transactional, man. And yo, any relationship is transactional, you know. And when you're not like when somebody's giving and giving, calling you, calling you not picking up and that fades away yo you can't turn around come back and be like nobody cared mm -hmm. you know because that's not the truth the truth is, is if you ever been to a 12-step recovery meeting you've gotten a phone number and not just that bro a lot of times like oh people don't reach out to me or da, da, da. a lot of times the people that are reaching out to us they're not enough yeah like my mom will reach out to me oh she's just my mom my other yeah. friend reached out to me. Oh, well, yeah. the people I want to reach out yeah. to me aren't reaching yeah. out to me. It's that girl with the fat booty. Mm -hmm. She's not, she's not she's paying, not paying attention, attention to me. To me <laughs> but, like, you know, you, you got some <laughs> random, random kid that hit you Word. up a few weeks ago to sponsor, yes. and you ain't answering them. But God is really saying, like, that's yeah. the person that's going to help you. Yeah. And you're looking at them like, nah, you know, they're not it. Yeah. I'm looking for this person to help me. Yes. And a lot of times it's the one annoying person 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 we don't want to deal with yes. the one kid that's been trying to talk to us for two weeks about some bullshit yes. fucking pyramid scheme yes yes trying to get you in a call center trying to get you in a call Word it's like it's like mad marketers mm -hmm. showing up to the meeting mad loafers everything mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying yo the life is crazy man let me tell you something south florida i love you <laughs> it's crazy it's beautiful here. down here you know it's beautiful um you know i hope our future, you know what I mean, for, you know, the guys like us, man, is that, you know, we mature, you know what I mean? I feel like we were adolescents, you know, in this whole, you know, massive recovery, uh, making money and, rec and treatment and doing all these other things that we've done. We were blessed, but it's just like, a, but, you know, we were immature. A lot of us were immature in that respect, you know what I mean, which is fine, you know, um, as long as, you know, that's the beautiful thing I love about recovery is that, the only requirement for recovery is the desire mm -hmm. to not use, you know, for membership. The only requirement for membership is the desire not to and use. And no one could take that from you, And nobody you, could take that away. So we're like, you know, we're in this like developmental stage, man. A lot of guys are going through stuff. A lot of guys have relapsed. A lot of guys have died, yeah. you know, and, 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 you know, and like you're definitely, a, you have been consistent. You know, I personally, like, I, I appreciate that about you, man. You know, one of the most, one of the coolest things that you're getting into that I, because I've seen you your whole journey, bro. You know, from hustling on those bikes to like, you know, actually before that, before when you was at the fucking, when you was at the treatment center, when I, I when you I, was a tech, dog. I, I think you knew me when I was working at the mall. Yeah, 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 yeah. What? Uh, let's yeah. get into school and uh, yeah, your so journey yeah, with school. Yeah, definitely. So right after that, you know what I mean, getting out of jail, it was like this. Uh, you know, I lost everything. I had, I had to pay for the attorney. I lost everything. Um, I had less. Uh, at a year clean than I had when I first picked up my white key tag financially and everything it was a bottom and had to live on one of my boys um one bedroom apartments on the couch had roaches you know mad we had mad sneakers though you know what I'm saying yo you go through the catalog of any picture I've ever had since I was young I had mad sneakers I always had a fresh fit 
uh, you know, now that I'm older, I'm just like, yo, I could have invested all that, but whatever. <laughs> uh, but I, I look fresh nonetheless. Now, um, you know, we had mad sneakers, and um, I went back to college, man, you know, and it was crazy because, like, I had, um, you know, I'm always good with, like, numbers and, you know, and those type of theories and stuff like that. Um, you know, I never took a uh, SATs, never took a formalized, you know, test or whatever. And I went back to school. They're horrible on the placement test. So I had to start a basic math basic class. Math. Basic. Like, fractions, bro. Mm -hmm. you know, before algebra. Before pre-algebra. Pre -algebra, yeah. yeah, dog. So I had to start real rough. Um, and, I, you know, I just kept going, man. And along the journey, you get around these hecklers, these jokers, you know, that don't know how to encourage people, that always want to deflate people's um, dreams, you know, and they would, like, make, you know, be like, yo, man, I was like, they would ask, what do you want to do? And I'm like, I don't know, man. I want to be, like, either banker, like, finance banker, like, or an accountant or whatever, you know, international banking, blah, 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 whatever. And then they, they would laugh at me. They'd be like, come on, man, you got fucked up record, blah, blah, blah. And they would just clown me. And, you know, and it would hurt my feelings, you know, it would hurt my feelings and I would go to the meeting and I would fucking share and I'd be cussing everybody out and I would be throwing up at the meeting. And at the end of the meeting, people would come up to me and, you know, give me a hug and, you know, and tell me, yo, like, yo, lost dreams awake and new possibilities arise, man. You know what I mean? And I would hear that and it would give me hope. And then I would go to another meeting and I would hear somebody said, I'm living my life beyond my wildest dreams. And I, I would like, yo, man, I would be like, yo, that shit like empowered me. It's crazy because just the other day I had this conversation about this. The illest part about that whole, those two sayings is that uh, when you realize that lost dreams awaken and new possibilities arise, when you have that awakening, that you've already lived a life beyond your wildest dreams. It's the illest thing, dog. And if you could get to that point, you don't have to think, because I used to think a life beyond the wildest dreams was the whip. I used to think that life beyond the wildest dreams was like the girl, the, the chains, the sneakers, the trips, the fancy dinners. You know what I mean? The cool shit that I was doing. I thought that was the life beyond the houses. Yo, life beyond my wildest dreams was the awareness that I could dream. That in itself was the gift, bro. What I did after that, that's, that was my selfish, what I wanted. You know what I mean? But the hit was in the awareness. Or just the ability to try. Exactly. You got motherfuckers ain't even try. trying, yes. bro. It's like you've been at the same job for eight yeah. years. Complaining. You, and you got a dream. Yeah. You got this dream in yeah. you. You want to go do something corny. You want to yeah. go be a ballerina. Yeah. You want to finger paint. Yeah. You want to travel yeah. to Spain. You want to do something. Yes. And, you, and you're scared to talk about it because somebody's going to say it can't yeah. happen. I don't uh -oh. have enough money. You're not tall whatever. enough. You're not you're not whatever. skinny enough. You're not pretty enough. You don't speak clear enough. Cause I, you know, I'm from New York. I got I got a rough accent. You know what I mean? I love hip hop. You know, I could talk real proper. Uh, I'm very educated. Like I went back to school. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Part of that journey is I um, you know, like any good addict, I want it more. Um, I ended up getting my associate's degree. I ended up becoming a supplement or instructor there, which is cool because like one of my students, my first students, is actually my business partner now in my accounting firm. Um, you know, it's cool that I still have that connection with him. Um, I ended up, you know, getting into a scholars program in accounting. Uh, a lot of my um, education was paid through scholarships and grants. Shit that, yo, listen, this is a kid that almost got expelled, never took algebra, you know what I'm saying? Super wild, you know, um, it was 29 when I went back to school and, and, you know, and I was excelling in this shit that I, um, and then I remember in 2008, economy collapsed, 
Um, you know, I was I was graduating with my bachelor's and master's at the same time because I was in that program, but I was in my last year, lost my job. My mom was in the hospital. I had just bought a car. At that time, it was like a Chevy Cruze. The payments were high. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, like, uh, I was bugging out, man, and it was another pivotal moment in my journey where I realized that, like, you know, I made that decision to turn my life and my will over to the care of God. That's how so, I understood. So I love hearing that because, like, you know, people see you now, you got the dope whip and you got, like, the <laughs> yeah, fresh sneakers and, yeah. like, the jewelry. And I was like, bro, I remember Mario when he was, yeah. had nothing, Nothing, dog. dog. When he dropped off a sofa, <laughs> he dropped off a sofa so I could have a, something to sleep on, yo. Talk about the budget. The budget was so tight back then. When What's I, when crazy I, is I thought you were balling back yeah, then. Like, oh, nah. bro, you got your own place, whatever. Nah, I sacrificed because I had, you know, like I made a lot of wise decisions along the journey because, you know what I mean, I, I picked up, you know, like I don't come from money. Uh, my mother was a housekeeper. You know, we come from very blue collar, like even less than blue collar, I feel like, mentality, hourly wage employee mentality. And, um, you know, along the way, you know what I mean? Like, um, you know, so my mother put money into like real estate and, you know, she made a couple little things for her. Not rich, but, yo, she owns her properties, you know what I mean? And, you know, and, and I realized that. So I, I, I've have been blessed a couple of times to be able to do stuff like that. But at that moment in time, you know, like I said, 2008 hit, I lost my job. I had to fucking, you know, I had to work, uh, you know, these real low paying jobs and go to college full time. You met me at a point where like, um, shoot, man, I didn't even have a bed, man. I was getting divorced at that time. Mm -hmm. I didn't even have a bed and, and you came and helped me. I couldn't afford, the budget was so tight, I couldn't afford for the delivery on the sofa I bought on credit. <laughs> That's where I was at. You know, um, but humbly I asked for help and humbly somebody yeah, showed up, bro. You, bro. Yo, like that part right there goes a long way for me, man, because like that couch, I sprung off into so many things after that. I graduated with my master's in accounting. What did it feel like to graduate? Um, yo, like, you know, so you got people who are always going to say education is blah, 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 whatever. You can make it without education. All that shit's true. Um, you can make it without it. Or so. But for me, it was the discipline. It was the fact to actually put a goal in front of me and actually complete it, mm -hmm. right? It's something that was hard, you know, and, you know, because when you graduate with a master's in accounting, you're in the 10% of people who graduate college, you know what I'm saying? Like, it, so, so the numbers are small of, uh, you know, in America, like people who have that particular field or that education and stuff like that. So think about the number of addicts oh. that get clean. That go back to school, they get master's yeah. degrees. Yeah. You know, so like yeah. I always like to see yeah. it's like, you know, bro, it's unrealistic that you and I are are clean oh, the yeah. way that we used. Facts. And the fact that you've gone back to school and got a master's degree yeah. is like it defies the odds, yeah. bro. One thousand percent, man. I'm like super grateful for that experience. Imagine Changed being in me. jail and be like, which one of these motherfuckers Shit. gonna get a master's degree? Not me. <laughs> Not me. Yo, they they were they, I, I got counted out a long time ago, man. And you know, and it's funny because to this day, you know, um, I still get that. I still get the judgment of people when they see me and stuff like that. Until I open my mouth, you know what I mean? Or sometimes, you know, you get around a lot of like um people because I, I don't come from that group of people sometimes and um but I end up being the smartest person in the table and I got the credentials to say, so bam, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I don't like to brag about that, but yo, at the end of the day, yo, you can strip me of everything that I have, but you can't take my education away, man. You can't take my knowledge. Mm -hmm. Yo, and like, that's the beauty of like the recovery and journey because I have knowledge in that, you know, and it's kept me clean through those situations, losing jobs, losing um, relationships, losing houses, losing everything, man. Because uh, yo, recovery, yo, it's great. Dope, you know, but you know, it, it's work, 
You know, it's very challenging times, as all of us know. You know, my journey through that, man, I, I've been able to do so much, man. I, I've traveled the world. You know, I've been in so many different business ventures. You know, uh, I got to learn a lot about myself and relationships. Bro, you really traveled the world, though. Yeah, I've really traveled the world. Like, sometimes people say that, like, yeah, I've been to Costa Rica. But they, yeah, <laughs> they've been to Costa Rica. They've been to DR twice. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, no, I've I've actually... What's the top five dopest places you've been? Top five dopest places for me, uh, you know, I would have to say one of my favorite... Well, my favorite, favorite place to always land and visit uh, uh, would be Barcelona, Switzerland. I love Zurich. Barcelona, I love Croatia, uh, Chile, but like down by Patagonia. Um, and Guatemala is my top one. I love yeah. going to Guatemala, man. Guatemala is, I go to Guatemala every year. It's COVID You're the tallest me up. person there, right? I'm the tallest Guatemalan <laughs> ever, yo. Tallest Guatemalan, yo. I, and, it, and I love it. You know, it's beautiful. It's rich in culture, man. You know, recovery has allowed me to like uh, be able to feel comfortable with who I am. What you got know? you into traveling? Um... Cause I remember, bro. There was five years, yeah, where you were sitting, Crying. sitting. No, you were sitting crisscross, yeah, with a cappuccino oh, that, in yeah, front yeah, of yeah, you, yeah, yeah, just meditating, meditating, Word. and you be like in spiritual awakenings is what got me into. But yo, Switzerland, the oh, yeah. pyramids. <laughs> yeah. You be in Egypt yeah. or some shit. Yeah. It was a vibe. And people were like, bro, what does this dude do for a living? Yeah. So it's how did you get to a point where you could, um, one, uh, like how was the trials and tribulations trying to apply to go work at a firm? That not working out to being your own boss to being able to work off your laptop and travel the world. Yeah, man, it's crazy because, like I said, I had to like deprogram a lot of like stereotypes that I had in my own head about how things are done, how money is made, four how agreements. Bro. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, exactly. It's just all that stuff, four agreements and all that stuff. And I, and so what I realize now, you know, if I could analyze as best as possible, is that. Any and I know it's crazy, and I know people hear it over and over. Anything that you put your mind to, you will obtain. Now the hit is, is that you could get from point A to point B, but we don't know what's in between, and that's the part that makes it or breaks it with people, right? Cause like, you know, like right now, you know, my biggest dream right now is an A-frame, right? I'm trying to like, you know, get a little cabin out west, um, some land. You know, and, and built this A-frame, you know. Um, I'm going to build it from scratch, you know what I'm saying? I'm going to do the whole thing. But, you know, I had to put it out in the universe and just believe in it, you know what I'm saying? And actually, but believing is only one aspect of it. I got to believe, then I got to put in the work, right? Then I got to get in the trenches. I got to make the calls. I got to find the right realtor. I got to find the right piece of land. Once I fight the right piece of land, I got to make sure that, does it have a septic tank? Does it have you know, ability to connect the septic tank? You know, the, where am I going to get power from? But, but all these other questions, yo, that's how life is, man. And that's how recovery is. You know, your initial step is like stepping in and admitting that you're an addict. But then how you get to a spiritual awakening in step 12 or in between is by working those steps. You know what I mean? And a lot of people, you know, don't realize that everything is work. Everything is work. Whatever you do, you got to put in application and mat to build mastery. Yo, I remember praying for the problems that I had, you know. So I stopped asking for shit, you know. I stopped asking for stuff, you know. That's what one of the most beautiful prayers I think that we have is the serenity prayer, you know. God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change and the courage to change the things I can mm -hmm. and the wisdom to know the difference. The wisdom, you know. And wisdom takes time, bro. What I can and cannot control, bro. Yeah. You know how much time we waste 
what? focusing on shit that I had no control over. This motherfucker. Why don't they love me? <laughs> Why? Why doesn't that person love me? And instead of like, instead of just knowing the wisdom and just understanding that like, yo, man, God got us. God got each and every one of us, yo. Every one of us, you know what I mean? We make the decisions to end up in the places we end up. The day we were born. Yep. My mom, you know, my mom grew up, uh, I grew up with a religious mom. And I yeah. remember when I was a kid, I'd be like, mom, I need these yeah. shoes. And she'd be like, everything you needed, God gave you when you were, yep. when you were born. Yeah, there's a passage that says, you know, if God gives the birds and the flowers, the food and the flowers, the glory of how beautiful they look every day or every season, why isn't he not going to make sure you're fed and clothed? You know, if you're his like perfect creation, and says if you believe in all that, right? You know, my my spirituality has gone further than that. It's gone into like, you know, universe mentality. You know, connection, energy. Um, you know, I believe in numerology. Obviously, <laughs> I'm an accountant. Uh, I love that stuff. Uh, but you know, my biggest connection is just really connection, man. You know, um, I understand now when I'm being authentic and then when I'm not. Mm -hmm. You know. And I strive to try to be as authentic as possible, man. Um, at least with myself. And also put up boundaries because you can't make everybody happy. And not everybody's going to be your fan, you know? And I get that, you know? And I'm okay with that. A lot of times it's just to, like, end the conversation of striving for perfection. Yeah, yep, exactly. It's like, bro, I'll get a 99 and think about that 1% yep, I didn't exactly. get all day. One, all day I'm in that Constant hour. comparing. Yep. Yeah. You know, would you say comparison is the thief of joy, mm -hmm. right? Or would you say when I start comparing, I lose my presence, mm -hmm. you know? And that was like, yo, when you told me that, I started applying that. I talked to you, what, like a couple weeks ago, you hit me with that one. And um, someone and I, hit me with it, yeah, you know what I mean? Fuck me up. I was talking to some, I was talking to somebody, and I was like, "Yo, I think you're gonna do good because you're better than this company, and what you guys do good that this yeah. company doesn't do." And he was like, "Yo, I appreciate th all that, brother, but if I get caught up in the comparison, um, I'll lose like the glory to God that what He's doing for me, and I'll get sidetracked." And I Damn. was just like, "Whoa." <laughs> I was trying to give you a compliment, a compliment, bro, and like whatever. Uh, I, I was just like, true. I need to take yeah. that. I need to take that own advice yes. because a lot of times I'd be comparing it to what this person yeah. is doing. I'd be googling people's net worths at my age. You know, I'd be like just comparing and comparing and and the reality is, bro, is that um, uh, you know, there's this book that I read in college that uh, it's like an old book and it was saying that you know, like people in our lives aren't numbers. And a lot of times we want to make it look like numbers so we can compare them. Yes. But it is so different. They can't be compared. Yes. There's two different people, two different routes, two different journeys. You can't say that because at the end, we all go in the same place. We're all dying. So you can't compare the road to someone else's. Yeah. You know, it's incomparable, bro. Yeah. So somebody's out there married to your dream girl, miserable as fuck. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You know? And then, and but you're over here comparing, and we just all because, are, we all yeah. are, we all miserable in some way. We all struggle. Yes. We all fucked up. We all inauthentic. We all uh, yep, lie. Yep, we all manipulate. Yep, whatever yep, you know. Yep. Uh, I like to align myself with people that are aware of it. Yes. I just need you to be aware of yeah. it at and some point about it. Yeah, and yeah. be able to take it when I try to bring awareness to you, and I want yeah. you to be able to bring awareness to me, and mm. I want us to like encourage each other yep. to keep going. You know, that's all I ask for. Yeah. But that all I strive for, yeah. you know, because I'm I don't know it all, bro. Yeah, that connection, you yeah. know, that's what it's about. But we man, connect connection. with the flaws. Yeah, we don't connect with all the other bullshit. Yeah. yeah, 
what brings us close together is like, yo, dude, I fucked yeah. up today. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. Like the me too yeah. of like someone being like, yo, I feel like using. And you're like, bro, me too. Yeah. And I remember my sponsor told me that. I called him. I was like, bro, I feel like using. He said, me too. I was like, bro, you're the, spo <laughs> bro, you're the sponsor, bro. Word, you, what we going to do? You got like five years Word. clean, bro. He's like, yeah, I had a fucked up day today. I was like, <laughs> damn. Bro, you're supposed to be like, nah, yeah. you don't got to use yeah. He was like, I'm right here with you. <laughs> Word, I'll pick you up. <laughs> But there was something spiritual yeah. in somebody yeah. not trying to coach me yeah. and someone just yeah. being like, bro, we in this shit yeah. together. 1,000. Because that's what it's like. That's what it's like, man. That journey. And yo. that's why addicts can help yeah. addicts. Yeah. Because it's not from a mentor state. It's not from a above state. It's not from a you need to do this. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, bro, we both in this yeah. shit. Yo, you don't know how many times, how many times, like, I've gotten some of the most authentic, genuine, like... Uh, responses to me sharing have come when I've shared about my pain and my struggles and how I got through them. You know what I mean? Because like all the fluff, all the cool stuff, the travels, all that stuff. Yeah, that, that that's cool stuff. People don't connect with it. Nah, they don't connect with it. Exactly. They think it's exactly. cool and I oh, like, they don't have the experience. And it. I like it. Yeah. On Instagram or whatever. But I ain't thinking about yeah. it when I leave here. Yeah, It's not doing anything for me when I'm in my room depressed, thinking about smoking crack or doing the next drug. So, like, people connect with the struggle, man. You know what I mean? Like, uh, uh, you know, I connect with the struggle. You know, what is it? That common bond that ties us together stronger than that, that tears us apart. I which will is, be well. Yeah. yeah, which is our recovery and which is, like, our self-identification and our understanding of, like, who we are, you know, our pain and all that stuff. Because, like, I don't necessarily, like, all our stories are different, but the feelings and the pain and all that stuff is the same. That's what I identify with. You know, I don't care if you grew up in, like, a, a wealthy household or you were in the projects. At the end of the day, it's insecurities, you know, coping with, like, you know what I mean, um, dysfunctional thoughts, you know what I mean, and, like, addiction and all this other stuff. It's all the same in that respect. Um, you know, and that's what I try to connect with, man. Yeah, man. It's like, that. like, like I said, man, like the, yo, this journey has been beyond my wildest dreams. Um, like today is beyond my wildest dreams, man. I love what you're doing here. I, I love what you've been you. doing I with your you, life. Bro. You know, like I know that we've been talking about, um, you know, where we're going and, and like a lot of these passion projects are coming up, man. Mm -hmm. So like, I love that you're doing this podcast. Thank man. you, bro. Yeah, Good stuff. More will be revealed. Yeah, I for love sure. you, bro. Let's sure. uh, wrap it up and All right. hopefully I'll have you back on here sometime. You got it, dog. Love you, man. This show is not affiliated with any specific 12-step program. If you or a loved one is struggling with an addiction, please find a local 12-step meeting. If you believe you may need detox or drug treatment of any kind, please call 888-699-9395 to speak to a specialist. This show is sponsored by United Recovery Project, a state-of-the-art drug and alcohol rehab facility. You can visit our website at unitedrecoveryproject.com.